This time on episode 296 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we'll be discussing Runaways Season 2, Episode 2, Radio On, and Episode 3, Double Zeros. I'm Stephen John Drew from the official GunnaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Haley. And I'm Agent Michelle. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Sunday, August 11th, 2019, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast worldwide via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat as we record. Ladies, happy National Sons and Daughters Day. I'm one of those. Me too. Me three. Plus, I have a son and a couple of daughters, so hey, I should reach out to all of them. Yeah, did you get them a card? No, I did not. <gasps> but you did get them college tuition. Uh, yes, that is still ongoing. Yeah. For really all three of them, since the one that graduated still needs to pay her debt off. Anyway, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the ABC television show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the multiple Marvel small screen series, and the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book universes in general. Because of Lover's Quarrels. If you'd like to talk to us about Lover's Quarrels, visit our website, legendsofshield.com. You can leave us a voicemail, 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. You can find us on Facebook, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can see us on YouTube, youtube.com slash gunnageek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill. You can join our Discord server chat at gunnageek.com slash discord. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the gunnageek.com network. Agent Lauren is not with us today, and she should be back next week, hopefully, and we will enjoy having her take on both the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finale episode for season six, as well as catching up with these episodes of Runaways. In the meantime, time to get in to the Runaways. There were two episodes of The Runaways in Season 2 that we'll be covering this episode of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. The first is the second episode of the second season called Radio On. Haley, who was the creative team behind this episode? The director for this episode was Chris Fisher. He has 20 directing credits starting in 2002. Those credits include one episode of Chuck, two of Eureka, ten of Warehouse 13, one of Supergirl, two of Inhumans, one of Runaways, and 11 of The Magicians. And the episode was written by Warren Sue Leonard. He has four writing credits starting in 2013, two episodes of Perception, four of How to Get Away with Murder, one of Power, and three of Runaways. And Michelle, the second episode that we're going to be covering today is called Double Zeros. Who's the creative team behind that episode? 
That episode was directed by Larry Ting, has 29 directing credits starting in 2009, including seven episodes of Medium, one Person of Interest, one Warehouse 13, one Burn Notice, one Almost Human, one Sleepy Hollow, seven episodes of Elementary, six of Supergirl, two of The Walking Dead, one Runaways, one Jessica Jones, and one of the upcoming show Nancy Drew. This episode was written by Kirk A. Moore, who has four writing credits starting in 2010, including two episodes of American Crime, two of 13 Reasons Why, and two Runaways. All right. We have some experience behind the directing chair on both of these episodes and a little bit of experience behind the writing chair as well, specifically with Runaways, which is pretty good. I've enjoyed the Runaways team so far. Look forward to all the episodes we got to watch two this time around. So it was really cool. And um, it's been a while since we podcasted on this and I was took a, a second or two to get my footings back under me of where we were in season two. You know, we did the pilot two or the first episode a few weeks back on an off week from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And now we are going headfirst into season two. And the first thing that I remembered is there's a whole house that they found in the mountain and they're fixing it up. They're really doing a HDTV special on it, aren't they, Michelle? Yes, they're trying to get rid of all the rats. They're trying to get power, which leads to Chase going, I can do this, of course. And then causing a blackout of L.A., getting the DWP there. And of course, that sequence with Gert and Old Lace scaring the employees and such. I thought that was that was funny. Yeah, because you're not going to go back to your boss and say, I was scared out of the property by a dinosaur, are you? No, you're not. <laughs> also, Old Lace, uh, she got to go ahead to uh, go after some, I don't know what they were, rats? I, I have no idea. They didn't show them to us, thank goodness. She's got to get her protein somehow. I know. Haley, she was so excited to go after them, wasn't she? Well, yeah, she gets to eat and hunt, and that's kind of her thing. It is, and she gets to go out and do that and really just have a, a great time. Now, the other thing that I remembered right off the bat was Carolina was meeting with Jonah, and I think that was at the end of the episode one. We get to continue it in episode two, and she basically figures out how to use her powers all at once. Haley, do you think that's really reasonable? I mean, you can understand her wanting to understand who she is and where she comes from. That's kind of a big deal for anybody. But on the other hand, we know that you can't trust Jonah. And it's a bad idea for her to attempt to trust Jonah. I think it's a bad idea for anybody to trust Jonah. And there was this little moment when the earthquake happened and he said it's starting. And he also said, you're going to meet your family. And she's just like, what? Like, I already have a family? That plays a major part of season two. And we don't really see that. That's just at the beginning of the episode two. We don't see it for the next two episodes, basically. I don't recall seeing it in the rest of season two or three. And she is not truthful with the rest of the runaways on what she's been up to. Well, again, because you shouldn't trust Jonah and they would tell her that. I know. And Nico had that 
moment of everyone needs to be telling the truth and we can't have secrets because they forced Alex to tell the truth about him having a job with Darius and such. So yeah, that's, that's not going to go over well. I think nothing with Jonah goes over well. Nothing at all. Including when he met up with Frank and Leslie. And this is with the third episode. And Frank, we get to see him. Uh, really, he's taking control of the church. And Leslie's nowhere to be seen. She's not really invited back to do anything. And Frank's in control. He's got the gloves still. The healing gloves. But he's full control of the church. But that's as far as he's thought. Yeah, as he said, he's he lost his agent. He has nothing else. And he claims he's doing it in order to get his family back, in order to be on Jonah's good side. But considering what Frank did at the end of season one, it's almost like you can't trust Frank either. Oh, I wouldn't trust Frank at all. He went against his own daughter, which is kind of... I don't know, adopted daughter, stepdaughter, kind of hard to, to tell what the relationship legally is right there, but he turned her in and turned against Leslie too. So hard to trust Frank with anything right now. And I almost forgot about him until he showed up in episode three, but that was it. It was just the one scene. So two episodes, he was in one scene and Jonah for his part, he's really railing because he wants to cure the advanced aging that he is facing right now he's got uh you know that skin condition he's turning into the same aged creature that we saw at the end of last season uh very rapidly now Haley, what do you project on his time that he has left basically before this takes over well i can't remember if we were explicitly told this or if we just kind of inferred it from watching but it seems like when he uses his powers it speeds up the aging process. So I would imagine that's going to also play a factor. If he's having a lot of confrontations with the runaways, then he's going to be using his powers more. And that might really light a fire under him to light a fire under Victor and get his cure. I think he's tried to light a fire under Victor and Victor has got some reservations. If I was Victor, I would not trust Jonah at all. Michelle, if you're Victor, are you going to trust Jonah? No. I mean, he put him he put him in this it's supposed to be like his happiest day, but he's just there at the diner all the time, the street loops. It reminds me of this supernatural episode where they're just stuck <laughs> in the Tuesday. But today's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, but yesterday was Tuesday. It just reminded me of that. So I would be frustrated. Right, and I don't think uh, Victor is in fact, trying to get to the solution here. He's not trying to not work. I think the only reason he doesn't work is when he steams off because he's mad at Victor for a second. But I think he goes back to work after that, or, or does he? He's trying. Victor's trying. Well, no, because Jonah was saying he wasn't working for him anymore, and that's why he brought in his wife. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So he's working diligently up to when Victor came into the ice cream shop. And then they had the argument and then he left and he stopped working until Janet shows back up. Now, I don't know if he's still working or not, but that meeting with Victor and Janet was very interesting because they've been trying to crack this code that they've got of the book from Jonah. And I think Janet's been doing a, a really good job trying to 
decipher it. Uh, she's run up against a brick wall. So she gets, she manipulates some time because Jonah asks her to help. So she manipulates it. So she gets to talk to Victor alone and Victor gives her some cues as to where to look to decode this book. Right, Michelle? Yes. The answer is math. Apparent, you know, it's that old, you see it in a lot of like science fiction movies and books, how math is supposed to be the universal language about how no matter what society is out there, they've all figured out that two plus two equals four and they, they have all the same equations for gravity and everything. So it was, it was math. So Haley, if you're going to choose a math equation as your password, which math equation would you use? Mm, I don't know. Quadratic equation, maybe. Something kind of simple. Yeah. Something that I still remember. Without an inter- integer in there. You know, the big S symbol. Yeah. Integral. Integral. Integer. Integer is any number. I know. Okay. Just keeping Rocket you on scientist. your toes. Yeah. I yeah, ca- I'm I, sure that's what it was. Actually, I, yeah, I have to use those things every week. That and dollar signs, because, you know, science is always dollars. I was going to say, I don't, I don't do that much math, actually, for work, but dollar signs I use. <laughs> yeah, with any project, you need to cost it out or know how much you're spending or ultimately what your paycheck is. So that's what really matters, right? Most important math. Well, one thing that I'm not sure if there's any math behind, and that's the staff of one. Now, I could be mistaken about that. I don't know everything about the staff of one. There might be math behind it, but... Right now, there's no real math behind it. And we get some clues as to how that sucker works this time, don't we, Michelle? Yes, we have this great sequence of Nico getting the others to help her get the, the staff. And that confrontation between, you know, Nico and Tina. And afterwards, you know, Nico has it and she's trying and she gets it. And then she says the word again. And they figured out you can only use the one word at a time like if you say freeze you can't say freeze again you have to come up with basically you need a thesaurus beside you in order to give it commands because it's like burn fire you have to come up with all these different types of commands for it wow and if that's over your entire life that would be i would not remember what 16 year old me said to the command also is is it per user or does do all the commands her mother's already used no longer become available to her? I think it's probably per user because otherwise all of the commands would probably be used by now. I think logically it would reset because it's a tuning. It's like a genie. Yeah. Like, or like in Dungeons and Dragons, when you have to attune to something, you have to hold it for an hour before you can really use it. I think that's probably what's, has to happen and and when it finally realizes it's with nico it's like okay you can say freeze even though your mother just said freeze and almost killed molly you can use freeze because it's you and not your mom that was interesting the whole fight between tina and the three runaways and ultimately tina just wanted to make up with nico but i don't think she went about it at well at all i mean she yeah kind of ruined any chance there i'm just going to say that relationship has an interesting arc over this season and there's even a better moment i don't want to ruin it 
but it's something to look forward to. I look forward to this whole series. It's just fun for me to watch. And one of the things that I've noticed with the Runaways is they are almost mirrors of their parents, especially when they're trying to train as a team. You kind of see them interacting as the runaway team in the mansion without Alex. And we'll talk about Alex in a second. But if you mirror that to how the pride meetings go, it's almost person by person to what their parents are like. Haley, am I right there or I'm off the reservation? Maybe they have like the same skill sets, but not the same personalities. Well, one thing that I noticed, for example, is Nico is very leadership role oriented just like her mom is and maybe missteps a time or two just like her mom does i mean that's as an example chase is sure of himself and relies on the fistagons yeah and and don't forget that the whole future chase came back to try to warn his dad sort of thing not to do it i i kind of i get the feeling that it's a combination of victor and janet there yeah alex is doing his own thing like the wilders do yeah, that's that's interesting. It was something that I really noticed this episode. I think I've noticed it before, but this episode was was really on par for that. And so we brought up Alex a couple of times. He starts off with the group and then leaves. And I'm surprised he doesn't come back overnight. But anyway, he leaves and he is off trying to uh, get in with Darius and you know maybe somebody Darius is related to by marriage. Oh, Lexi. Is that her name? Livy. Livy. Livy's her name. Right. Livy. And he is, especially when he gets in the Uber or Lyft or whatever it was, he's on cloud nine. He's just smiling and, and everything. And he is oblivious almost to how he is being manipulated by everybody else. But Livy and Livy might actually be manipulating him a little bit too. Yeah. He's got his head in his, uh, okay. Wait. I don't want to say that. He's not thinking with his head. <laughs> yeah. At least, yeah, 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 no, yeah, he's thinking with, yeah, he's not thinking with the head we can see. <laughs> yeah, he gets played. Um, that scene with, you know, the dominoes, I think that's probably where the double zeros come in. I know the radio on, that's the command that Nico gives in order to get the radio on in the house. But like, it, it's like, if you listen, I, when I watched this episode, you know, again, that when they're playing dominoes and when they're talking about dominoes, it's like, yeah, I know what Darius is up to. That whole scene with the dominoes is pivotal to not only that episode, but a lot of things going on because a lot of people are playing other people. You got the pride, you got Darius, you've got the runaways and they're, they're all in some way, shape or form after what's good for themselves and not necessarily what's good for the group, even the runaways, even though they keep on coming back to we're a family, we need to work together and that sort of thing. But the domino scene is really interesting because you have Darius trying to verbally spar with Alex and try to teach a lesson and then completely outflanking him a couple of times. I mean, he calls Jeffrey afterwards. And then you've got the, he's winning the dominoes and I haven't played dominoes, but the double zeros is probably to deal with that. And then of course, Darius dies at the end because he's not really thinking in terms of the whole strategic thing. Matter of fact, he didn't even know that 
the real G in the Wilder family wasn't exactly the husband. He's getting played himself and then died. And I kind of hoped like he had a vest on or something at the end. But no, I think he's actually dead with all the police there and everything. Michelle, you've seen it further. But for my inference and Haley, correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like he's dead. Oh, he dead. Okay. He's dead, Jim. <laughs> he's been uh, really good in the series so far. So it was almost a shame to lose him. Yeah, and you have to remember that Catherine is doing this behind Jeffrey's back. Jeffrey really wanted to make things right with Darius and gave him the deed. That is something to remember for the rest of the season, that Jeffrey actually did that in good faith. And that what Catherine did is behind Jeffrey's back. Yeah, because he didn't know, Jeffrey didn't know that Catherine was there and she admitted to it. I was kind of wondering, because she took the pistol... That had the silencer on it. He did not take a silencer with his pistol. So I kind of thought something was up right then. But she also took the case with the drug in it. So I didn't know if she was trying to get Darius to forget. But I don't know how that would have worked. Because Darius has been so integral in everything for decades. You can't get rid of decades of memories with that stuff without radically affecting his life. Like he wouldn't remember his wife or his kids or, or anything like that. She made it look like a drug deal gone bad. So it wasn't the medic. It wasn't the drugs that the Yorks developed. She made the scene look like a drug deal gone bad. And she also has that detective in her pocket. So, you know, just planning a little bit of evidence here. And I mean, they have all that their closet. First off, you know, it's shoes, it's clothes, and then it's guns and money, and fake passports, and who knows what else in there. So, yeah. That'd be a fun closet to have. Haley, you have one of those closets, right? My thought on that was, uh, why is that one closet? Because if you're trying to, you know, make it look like you just have, like, a closet for clothes, then you can't put all the guns on the wall in that closet. I'm surprised it's not, like, a secret closet behind the shoe wall that had the guns. Yeah, a lot of people with houses like that have safe rooms, and I was just thinking that was a safe room that was off the closet, but I didn't see how they got into it. But it also had, like, the stuff you put in a closet in there, like his watches and her shoes and all those fancy necklaces. You'd figure you'd want to cover it up if a contractor came in the house to do some work. I guess you could always just memory wipe them, though. Yeah, but they only have so many to that drug. By the way, was it just me or were the Yorks not in either of these episodes? Yeah, just for a second. Yeah, just for the, yeah, but basically Yorkless. So the other thing of note that we want to talk about in the episodes was the runaways trying to train as a team. Now, Alex isn't there. And if he was there, he might have been able to direct some training or whatever. I don't know if they would have listened or not, but the rest of them were there and they want to work together, but they're kind of not working together and they have some bad things happen along the way like they hadn't discovered the limitations of the staff yet and you have uh i won't say a fracture of the team but they're just not hitting on all cylinders they need some work here and i think this is realistic because you're talking about a bunch of what 16 18 year olds that are just discovering that they have powers and or you know creating powers and chases case and yeah i could see the fact that they're having trouble working together i mean Haley, would you expect more from the teenagers at this point or do you think this is accurately depicting 
where they should be. I think this is where they should be, because we've seen that most of them have just discovered or developed these powers recently. So they are just starting to learn how to use their own powers. They don't know how to use them together yet. So season one is them all getting their own powers set up. And then season two is them learning how to work as a team and use those powers together against an enemy that not any one of them can defeat on their own. They've had at least two fights, and there's probably more than I'm forgetting right now, but the big fight with Jonah at the construction site was one, and then also the pool fight that happened in the second episode here, where they were fighting, but not together. They were each using their individual powers and coming at their foe one at a time, and that does not work. They're going to need to work together in order to affect some success on the battlefield, I think. They did well in rescuing Alex, and then we have Molly doing her after hours extracurricular activities which you know it seems interesting and and everything but she clearly doesn't know what she's doing and she also led somebody straight into their little hideout well first of all she was doing relationship counseling in the alleys of the valley that's what she was doing because you know she was Uh, helping the girlfriend with her boyfriend right she said that yeah she seems too old to be that naive. She's been naive this entire series so far, so I'm not surprised. But we get introduced to Topher. Oh, Topher. It's going to be interesting hearing your takes on Topher. I mean, I don't have a take yet because that's all I saw of him. That's what I mean. Like when you guys watch the, the episodes and we, we talk about him. I'm going to be interested in hearing what you think of him. When I was looking at the casting for the season, I assume Topher was that guy that that stole the the gauntlets at the beginning, and it's not right. It's a completely different character, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So no, I don't have a take on Topher then, and bad me for trying to get information from casting only. Shame on you. It was a nice rescue at the airport. So airports are pretty big, right? Uh, especially like the tarmacs and when the staff built the wall behind them uh that was only like i don't know 50 feet or so that wasn't the entire airport actually they were at the van nuys airport and as someone who lived in the area for about almost a decade about like nine years that's a small okay airport it's a very like um private Sort of, yeah, it's not like commercial or anything. It's not like Burbank. It's smaller than the Burbank airport, which is much smaller than LAX. But still, Jeffrey could have driven around this erected wall. It wasn't the entire length of the tarmac. Right, but it's not like he had a ton of time to react to it and change his course. It's like he had a slam on the brakes to not crash into the wall in that moment. And then by the time he you know backs up and goes around it, they're out of reach. But the team was in this dilapidated rolls that they found in the house. Two-tone rolls, by the way, with a soft top on it, if I saw it correctly. Neat car, but I think he could have caught up to him. Maybe, but, you know, he just got hit with, you know, Chase and the Fistigons. He got blinded by Carolina. So it's not so much as getting caught up with the car. It's also, oh, I get, I catch up to the car and then I get blinded again by Caroline and get hit. And again, you know, with Chase's fist of guns and, and who knows what's going to do when I'm driving a car and moving at a speed. 
Yeah, I mean, what's he supposed to do? Run him off the road? Shoot him? Like, he doesn't want to do that. Okay. I, I can live with that explanation. I still have reservations, but I'll go with it. Because I like the show. It's just hand-wave a few things and go with it. Alright, so we had two episodes. I'm liking the fact that we're watching this two episodes at a time, especially with all the slow parts in them. The episodes aren't overly long. It was only 45 minutes and 50 minutes, but still... With the slow parts, it, it took a little while to get through, and uh, I'm seeing a little bit more movement watching them two episodes at a time. Michelle, did you like the two episodes at a time approach here? Yes, I do. Haley? Yeah, I commented when we were discussing the first season that, you know, I, as much as I like the show, the pace is a little slow, so two at a time is great. All right. So the team's got their house. They've got electricity now. They have to work on the water, and they have... Uh, transportation, which they'll have to work on not getting pulled over for not having a valid registration, I'm sure, but they have a nice little uh, commune going. They also have a game system with Street Fighter 2. Apparently. Did you play Street Fighter 2? Yes. I'm not really good at fighting games. I'm what is called a button masher. Me too. Because that's, that's all I do is just Hit buttons until something happens. <laughs> um, apparently, they're, they're going to get along just fine. Uh, because I thought it was interesting because Nico came to Alex uh, saying, can we do this like you used to play with Amy? And I thought that was a, a nice bridge to build there. Uh, because he's not been around for the last couple of days. All he's been done is rescued. and. <laughs> And even though he could feasibly walk or run on his own, was carried into the roles. <laughs> Hopefully that they won't go off on their own anymore, but it, heck, it's a teenage superhero show. They're definitely going to be doing that in the future. When Topher came in, I assumed that was Chase, but he was obviously there that Chase had gone in to watch her because she was under instructions not to go out without anybody else. Michelle, it's unfair to ask you, but. I'm kind of wondering if she does continue these extracurricular activities, if she does pair up with somebody as she goes out or heck even gets a costume. Wait and see. She's got a mask. Yeah. Okay. But I think uh, getting tailed home is probably going to slow her roll a little bit, maybe. I would hope so. At least for a short period of time. There's still people to help, though. Yeah, but I could see her talking the group into taking on that effort. Okay. Well, Haley, what are your predictions for the next couple of episodes here? The couples are going to keep having fights because you've got teenagers now living with their girlfriends slash boyfriend. So that's going to be lots of fun drama. Um, Alex is going to have to get reintegrated into the team because he's been off doing his own thing for pretty much the entirety of this season. Even when he was with them, he wasn't really part of the group. So that's going to be something that we're going to have to see develop. I could see a lot of things tipped on their head when we're talking about Jonah's family, because whenever Jonah's family gets involved here, and I don't know if it's going to be next episode or the last episode of the season, that's going to be a game changer whenever that happens. Yeah. I also think we're going to see Janet be a more critical character this season. It was interesting watching her with Jonah, because on one hand, she was playing him, but on the other hand, he was stroking her ego and playing her a little bit, too, so... It'll be interesting to see what happens 
with her. And I think it's going to be interesting what happens all across the board. I mean, you got Frank with, and Leslie with the church and Jonah and the fact that their daughter is the product of an affair. You've got uh, the Wilders with their legal manipulations. Yorks, we need to see those guys again. I mean, they've all got issues. So, I don't know. It'll be fun. So, we'll see what happens in the next two episodes. I really don't have any specific predictions. And I know Lauren would because she'd be like, I hope they, you're using this series in the comics. Michelle, any last words about these couple of episodes? It sets up a lot of what's going to happen this season. I've seen it. I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. I think that makes sense, though, because last season, the beginning was set up. And it paid off later on. So that seems like the structure they've got going, kind of a slow burn throughout the season where you, they move pieces into place for a final showdown at the end. So from a broader strategic perspective, if you haven't been able to tell so far, what we're planning on doing is taking on the runaways and getting all of season two done as quickly as possible, a couple of episodes at a time here to try to get ready for season three when it comes out in the fall. Also, we know that there's a crossover with Cloak and Dagger so we'll probably be doing the same thing with Cloak and Dagger and trying to get as caught up as we can before season three of The Runways gets here. And who knows where we'll end up with Cloak and Dagger. Eventually, we'll end up going back and taking Legion on one episode at a time. And let's not forget all the Defenders series on Netflix that we have to go through as well. So just because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is off the air for another year doesn't mean that we don't have a lot of content to go through either so got a lot of stuff going on uh michelle what are you most looking forward to covering here in the future nico and tina okay so runaways uh Haley, yeah what are you looking forward to covering here in the future i mean i haven't watched any of the marvel netflix shows past what we've discussed on the podcast at this point so punisher season one is the most recent Marvel Netflix I've seen. That might change in the near future, and I might be watching stuff before we get around to discussing it, mm -hmm. but I'm looking forward to all that stuff that I haven't seen yet. Yeah, me too. I have not ventured into season two of Jessica Jones, which would have been the next series for us if we're taking them in chronological order of the order that they were released, that they came out. And yes, we know that up to season three of Jessica Jones has come out. They've all been canceled, so this would be looking at them in retrospective, unless Disney pulls off some sort of payout to Netflix and gets the rights of the series to bring them in to I, Disney Plus I or don't whatever. Think they can. From everything I've heard, the way the contracts are, that that's not going to happen. Well, Disney Plus comes out in November, and they've just announced that deal where they combine with hulu the commercial version of hulu and espn for what is the price 12.99 for all three service yes yeah so i think that's going to open up some apertures in the future on what disney really wants to do on the small screen but i don't think even they know yet there might be more announcements coming out at d23 who knows but i think that would be a little weird announcing marvel stuff at dw d23 but hey it's it's all disney so all right. So next time, next Sunday, we'll be going over Runaways Season 2, Episode 4, Old School, and Season 2, Episode 5, Rock Bottom. And if you have anything to say about that, listener, go ahead and hit us up 
at our contact information at Legends of Shield on Twitter. You can email me, StargatePioneer at GunnyGeek.com, or you can catch the ladies on our Facebook page and let us know what you think of the Runaways and our episodes on the Runaways. In the meantime, I know that what we need to do is get into a two-tone 90s Rolls Royce and drive on the way out. Thank you very much for listening to another great episode of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We really appreciate everybody sticking with us after the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or before Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7. I was going to say after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6. I guess it is. And we appreciate any thoughts on what you want us to cover in the future here. But thank you very much for all of the interactions. We did get a lot of tweets and everything, but we will get some feedback in our episode next week. Yeah, thank you to everybody. Like SP said, that sent feedback. We just weren't able to fit it in this week with the busy recording schedule and not having Agent Lauren here to organize that part. But thank you for sending it and keep sending it. We love hearing what you have to say, even if we don't get to include it in the show. Thank you for listening to us, especially when we talk about things that have, you know, that aren't really related to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. directly and just listening to us talk about all things Marvel. Indeed. I don't know if it's hashtag all things connected anymore or not, but uh, we'll see in the future. Until next time, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Haley. And I'm Agent Michelle. See everybody next time. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of Shield, or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2019.